Okay. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for this day. And Father, we thank you for your people that have gathered here. And Father, we pray now that as we share your word, it would sink into their hearts and to their minds. And they would try ever more to, to be more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, t- today we are going to talk about blessed are the peacemakers. Um, so first of all, we're going to go to Matthew 5, I hope. We are going to Matthew 5. No, we're not going to Matthew 5. Now we are. All right, this is, this, I'm going to hit you with all the, um, the, the, the great um, one-line things out of the Bible, right? This is from the Sermon on the Mount, right? This is the Beatitudes, um, and a little while we're going to get around to the Golden Rule, right? So we're we hitting all the, um, the, the cliches, I guess, would be a better word. Matthew 5, 1 through 10. This is the, now, Jesus is preaching, and there are like thousands of people there, right? So he climbs up kind of on a mountainside to speak to them, right? So here's the, here is the first part. I mean, he goes on for like a hundred verses on speaking here. Right, so those those people, if they were taking notes, they took a lot of notes, but I'm I'm not sure they did. But anyway, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach, and he said, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God." Now listen, listen to these beatitudes. I think there's nine of them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We kind of understand that one. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And one more. And blessed are those who are persecuted because of, my, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, out of those nine <clears throat> things that Jesus listed off, how many of them do you think you understand? Right? I mean, like, um, blessed, I mean, blessed are the mourn, for they should be comforted. We understand that one. Maybe the people that are persecuted. Um, yeah, we understand some of that kind of stuff. But blessed are the peacemakers. Think about that for a minute. Who is a peacemaker? Any ideas? I don't know either, but we're going to talk about it for a few minutes. And it says the peacemakers are the children of God. We're already the children of God, right? I mean, this is before Jesus died, but, but we're already children of God. And Jesus, 
like I said, preaches for like a hundred verses here to the people. I mean, it's like page after page where Jesus speaks here. But, so, so we don't really understand peacemakers, but I'm pretty sure we understand peacetakers. You know, a peacetaker. Anybody got an idea about a peacetaker? Fear? Worry? Anxiety? Anger? Jealousy? Hate? That take, that take away from your peace? How many people think peace is important to you and to your life, to your health? Right? So we know what a peacemaker is not. So, and we know the things like fear, worry, anxiety. So, so if you have a lot of those kind of things working in your life, right, um, you're not at peace. And if you're not at peace, uh, then you can't be a peacemaker, right? That, that, that doesn't work. You got to be at peace yourself. So mainly what we're going to talk about is trying to be at peace ourselves, right? Which kind of enables us to be peacemakers, whatever exactly peacemakers are. Fear is the opposite of peace. Fear, anxiety, all that stuff. Peace comes from God. Fear comes from where? Satan. Y'all can answer if you want to, but it doesn't, you know. Our trust must be grounded in God, right? And in his word and teachings, right? It can't be grounded in the world. It can't be, we can't be trusting in ourselves. If we trust in ourselves, we're really never going to have peace. And now let's look at the life of Jesus. Where are we at? John, this is, this is Palm Sunday. Did I skip a page? No, yes I did. Yes I did. I skipped the page. Well, this is getting off to a good start, isn't it? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so so uh, I did skip a page. But um, the things we worry about, what do we worry about? Mostly things that are unimportant, really. So let's read, and this is also in the um, Sermon on the Mount. Let's read Matthew 6, 28 through 34. There we go. And why do you worry about clothes? Anybody worry about clothes? Any, any woman here say that you don't worry about clothes? You're not being truthful. You're not being truthful. Um, see how the flowers of the field grow. Do they labor or spin? And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. In 30. If that is how God clothes the grasses of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more clothe you, ye of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For pagans run after all these things. Oh, that's bad, pagans. Uh, for your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But this is, this is the key right here, right? This, this is the thing that we need to, I won't say worry about, but this is the thing we need to be concerned about, right? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
Seek first his kingdom. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. Who, how many people believe each day has enough trouble of its own? Uh, we worry mostly about tomorrow, but today's, today's loaded with them, right? So, so the main part, main, the main part of what, what Jesus was saying right there was, to keep the main thing, the main thing, right? Don't get distracted with things that don't matter. Don't worry about um, clothes and food and those kind of things. Worry about how you're growing your spirit in God's kingdom, okay? All right, let's look at Joshua and how, God, how he trusted God and how God prepared him to lead the people. It, does this make any sense? Y'all doing okay out there? I hadn't messed up, so I skipped the page, but that's okay, right? All right, now we back on, we back on, right? Let's look at Joshua. And I think this is always important to look back at the Old Testament and the things that they did and how we can use their example in what we do. This is God talking to Joshua, right? So, so Moses is dead, right? So Joshua is now the leader of the people. They still hadn't crossed over into the promised land. They've got to cross the Jordan River. Now, if you remember, Moses um, led them across the, the uh, Dead Sea, but mm, that was 40 years ago. So now we're up against the Jordan River, getting ready to go in. And this is first, this is some of the first things that Joshua, that God tells Joshua. And you've heard this one a bunch of times. Seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant made, Moses gave you. And do not turn it from the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. And this is the key one here. Keep this book of the law or God's word always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful so again getting back to keeping the main thing the main thing right we're getting back to the peacemakers trust me trust me <clears throat> all right now we're going to we're going to read about what Joshua did to cross over and what he did so the people wouldn't forget what happened right Joshua 3, whoops, 9, 3, 9, 3, 9. And Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. 10, this is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Pezzarites and the Gergashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Y'all try to keep up. That was pretty good. That was pretty good there. All right, jump over to 17. If you can. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. And while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed crossing on dry ground. So what they did, they took the priests with the Ark of the Covenant. They stepped in the water. When they stepped in the water, the waters parted. They went all the way, stopped in the middle. All of Israel crossed, crossed over. Now, the key, four 
4, let's see what, what else. And when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, I think 4, 1, 2, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, three, and tell them to stop and take up stone. Y'all heard this one before. I mean, y'all know this one, right? This is Bible school. This, I, I love this part. Uh, take up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan right where the priests are standing and carrying them over with you and put them down at a place where you will stay tonight. 19. And on the 10th day of the first month, the people went up from Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that he had taken out of the Jordan. So they carried the rocks with them and then they made a pile of rocks, right? We don't have a lot of rocks around here, but they have rocks. 20, yep, keep going. And he said to the Israelites, in the future when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. And he did this so that the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Okay? So, so what he did, the, the, the priest went over, then they picked up 12 stones, they put them in a pile, and then they said, why did you put them in a pile? So the people behind, the people, the next generation of people, the young people, everybody can look at that pile and say, you know why that's there? Those rocks came out in the middle of the river. That, remember that. Remember that's what God did. Okay? Crossing over. That makes sense? We don't have big rocks. Oops, I jumped the page again. No, I didn't. And let's look at the life of Jesus. Here we go. I don't feel like this is tying together very good, but here we go. This is Palm Sunday, a uh, week before the crucifixion. Uh, big crowds are gathering. This is uh, like um, before he actually rode into Jerusalem. Um, but this John 12, 27, this is Jesus praying. This is, this is like some of his last pleas. Like he knows he's going to be crucified. Um, you know, the hour has come. And 27, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. 28, and Father, glorify your name. Then... A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. 29. And the crowd that was there heard it and said, uh, it thundered. And others said it was an angel. That was all I was going to say, right? So here's Jesus, and he's praying, and then God speaks from heaven. God speaks from heaven. And some of the people said it thundered. They weren't really listening for what God had to say, right? It uh, sounded like thunder to me, right? So are we listening for thunder or are we listening for what God might have to say to us, right? So, so to kind of sum up there, right? Joshua carried the stones across the river to remind the people of how God helped them. And God spoke to Jesus and some people thought it was thunder. They weren't listening for God, right? All right, so this is a quiz. Can you recall a time 
when God moved in your life. When it was God, there's no question that it was God. Can you? God. No question about it. If you got moments like that, if you got times like that, you need to hold on to those, just like those rocks piled in a pot. You need to always remember, yep, that was God. Because Satan is always going to come against us to try to say, nah, I think that was thunder. That was thunder, man. Yeah, no, no, no. God, God wasn't speaking. That was thunder, right? So you need to cherish, hold on to, remember those times when you can think back and say, yep, that was God. It might not look too good right now, but I know that was God and God cares about me. That makes sense? All right. So, back to peacemakers. When we meditate on God's Word, right, and we hold fast on to the times, the pile of rocks, and we know that that was indeed God, right? We hold on to those. And we listen to God's guidance, and not be confused and think it was thunder, right? We're not really listening. And when we keep the main thing, the main thing, right? We're not, we're not worried about clothes and food and, and other trivial things, really trivial things in the grand scheme of things. Then we can start to enjoy the peace of God within ourselves, right? So you got to have peace within yourself, before you can ever think about being a peacemaker, right? I don't know that we can ever figure out exactly what a peacemaker is, but we know what it's not. We know that anger and fear and worry and all those kind of stuff, those are the peace takers. So if you got those operating in your life, you need to kind of try to get rid of those. Boy, y'all are paying such good attention. Nobody, Philip's playing on his watch his phone a little bit, but other than that, y'all are doing so good. So good. Ah, here we go. All right. So let's, let's, um, does that make sense so far, right? You, you, you really have to, it, it, you know, when you, when you think about some of the trials that, you know, people we know, some of the trials that some of the people we know are going through, really, uh, you know, life and death type situations or, or very serious health conditions, right? And, you know, I'm really concerned about, you know, what I'm going to wear tomorrow, right? Does that make sense? Does that really make sense? Do you really have problems? Really? Really? Think about that for a minute. You really don't have problems, right? You just don't. You just don't. And, and it, it humbles me sometimes to think about some of the other issues people are dealing with and, and the trivial stuff that I'm worried about, right? Just doesn't make any sense, right? But old Satan, he's in there saying, yeah, that's really important. You really need, hey, you know, Leon, Leon didn't do this. Leon didn't do that. You need to bear down. What, what a joke. Uh, here we go. Philippians, Philippians 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice like the song we sing. Five, six... Now, this, this, this does get back to a peacemaker here. Let your gentleness be evident to all. 
the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now this is the key. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So the peace of God... God's peace is coming to me, right? And um, transcends all understanding. You don't understand what? I mean, nobody understands that. Peace of God, which nobody understands, right? I mean, it's like you find peace when there really shouldn't be peace. There, There is peace because that's God's peace. That's that, that's that pile of stones that we have. That's that event in our life that when we know God moves, right? That's that peace that nobody can explain. You really should be worried. You really should be, you know, wringing your hands. But that peace of God is there to keep you peaceful. All right, here we go. Not easy. Not easy. Ever seen those big red easy buttons where they push the easy button? This ain't an easy button. This ain't like... Ordering stuff off of Amazon. It ain't that easy, right? This is, this is not easy stuff. Here we go. Psalm 3414. This is the psalmist. And he says, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. How, what does it mean to pursue it? What does it mean, Keller? Run after it. Seek peace and run after it. Don't let it get away. If you want to be, if you want to be peaceful, when you find peace, run after it. Grab a hold to it. Hold on to it. Because Satan is trying his best to, to take it from you. Okay? Let's see how Jesus was a peacemaker. Here's, here's a good one. John 8, 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives... And at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery and they made her stand before the group. That ought to have been, that was probably pretty uh, exciting. And then the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. But what do you say? Right? So they, they're trying to trap, of course, they're trying to trap Jesus. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. I wonder what he was writing. I always wonder that. What is he writing on the ground? I, other than he's not really paying him any attention. So, so they, they got this woman caught in adultery. And in the law of Moses, she was supposed to be stoned. Right? So this is... Um, this is like a disaster, right? And when they kept questioning him, he straightened up. He did stand up to talk to him, and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. He who is without sin throw the first stone. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground. All right, nine. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left and the woman standing there. 
And Jesus straightened up and asked a woman, where are they? No one, has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn thee, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. So if you were in the, in the synagogue and they brought in the adulterous woman and said, what are we going to do? How many of you would have thought of let who he without he who is without sin cast the first stone? Who would have thought of that? We just we just said something like, "Well, you know, she didn't, you know, her she had a bad background, and and you guys are just trying to trap me, and y'all did the same thing." We would have said some of the things that would have led into like a a, a ruckus there, rather than he made one statement made one statement he is without sin cast the first stone all of them left she left and it was over right that was peacemaker 101 right I mean he just said that and it was over right a peacemaker so we know what one peacemaker looks like another situation where Jesus avoided disaster and this is when Jesus was being arrested okay and this is John 18, verse 4. And Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went outside and asked them. This is when the people came to the, um, the, the whatever, the um, temple guards and that kind of stuff, came to arrest him. And he said, who is it that you want? And Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, and he said, I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. And when Jesus said, I am he, he drew back, they drew back and fell, on, fell to the ground. That's a pretty tough answer. And again, he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And Jesus answered, I told you I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men, whose disciples are with him, let these men go. And this happened to be the words he had spoken Oh, Lord, is it over, Thomas? Oh, my gracious. I have not lost one of them you gave. Keep going. And then Simon Peter pulled out a sword and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Eleven, here's the peacemaker. And Jesus commanded Peter, put put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? So we had this confrontation between the guards and his disciples. It could have turned into a, a ruckus, no doubt, with people getting hurt. And Jesus stopped it with just one action. Stop. A peacemaker, right? Hard to understand peacemakers. Um, so let me just hit a couple of them, and I'm, I'm not going to read the scriptures, but I am going to tell you what they say. Um, Hebrews 12 says, Be holy, live in peace, and as much as, uh, uh, as, much as you can, live in, live in peace with everybody. Proverbs, this is one I have to read, Proverbs 15. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. If we think about how peace sometimes we lose it, it's in the things we say and the things we say to other people, right? And how we say it to other people. And this is in Proverbs, it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm jumping. Um, 
Our world is a long ways from peaceful right now. Fear and hate dominate our world, right? So who is it that has to give the world hope? It's us. It's the Christian world. And it's also in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. That's us. Whether we, whether we like it or not, whether we want to take on that role or not, that's who we are. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're the salt of the earth. Blessed are the peacemakers. I don't know if we know exactly what peacemakers are. We know what peacemakers aren't. So we have to meditate in God's word. We have to hold fast to the miracles in our life. We have to listen for God's guidance, not thunder. We have to keep the main thing the main thing. We have to live at peace with everybody, if possible. And remember, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Be to get. I'm going to do this one. Be to get. Uh, Beta Club Convention. This guy's speaker got on there and he said, his little thing was be to get. So it was like, be a friend to get a friend, right? Be merciful to get mercy. Right, and I was saying that's a pretty neat saying there. And but then you get back to it, it's like the golden rule: do unto others like you would have them do unto you. So if you want mercy, you got to show mercy. If you want peace, you have to show peace. If you if you want charity and love, you have to show that. Right. Okay, I hope that made some sense. It did to me, but I wrote it. So there you go. All right. Be a peacemaker. We don't know why they are, but let's get peace in our lives. Let's get some peace in our lives. That's the first step. I know that. And all those other things about anxiety, worry, hate, jealousy, all that kind of stuff. If we got those working in our lives, we're not going to get past step one, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for this word. And Father, we pray now that it it will reach the hearts of your people. And Father, we take these words as your instructions and your guidance on how we should live our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.